Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with Eric McGaherty. Is that how you pronounce it? Is that correct? It's, it's actually McGarity. McGarity. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. I actually okay. changed my last name from Capistani to James, which is my middle name, because no one could ever say or spell Capistani correctly. So I understand the struggle. But um, feel my pain there. <laughs> thanks for having. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show. For anybody who doesn't know Eric. He's got a, a marketing agency in, in Dallas, I believe. Uh, that's right. That's called Globe Runner. And uh, they've made it to the Inc. 5000. Was that, was that recently or when did that happen? Uh, Inc. 5000 was 2018. Fantastic. Well, congratulations on that growth. For anyone who doesn't know, I, I believe the qualification is you have to do over a million dollars in revenue and grow over a certain amount to get on that list, right? I believe. I think you actually have to be over 2 million if I remember correctly. And okay. um, yeah, and it's based on growth. So you have mm -hmm. to be one of the fastest 5,000 companies, fastest growing 5,000 companies based on a three-year track record in the US. That's fantastic. Did you feel like your ego went up during that or? Oh, totally. <laughs> my head exploded and my wife did an excellent job smacking me back into reality. <laughs> Well, hey, this is what this podcast is for, is uncovering the secrets of how you got there. And I'm sure that it took some time, right? Or did how did you get to that point? Is this like the first business you ever started? Did you have a previous company before this? or um, First business that ever made real money. So yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get it. My story would take the entire length of the, the show, right. so I won't spend too much time on it. But my background is actually in sculpture. So I was an artist first. Wow. Then I was an art professor. I got my graduate degree in sculpture, and I was a teacher for a while. And uh, then, you know, got tired of not having much money. And so my wife said, hey, if you put half the, uh, half the energy that you put into your art career into business, you would make a million dollars. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think you're right. Uh, and so I took that, that little bit of, uh, inspiration and I started my first company, which was an e-commerce business. We, uh, we made revenue, but we never made a profit in that business. Got it. So I got to the point where that was making about 10,000 a month in revenue, but that revenue was not profitable because I actually made the decision not to drop ship. I decided I would, um, actually hold my own inventory and, and be right. a, a retailer. And, and that decision could have been a good one if I had stayed with that company and had the capital to scale. But because I didn't have the capital to scale it in the way that it needed to scale, um, you know, that became a very expensive decision uh, right. very quickly. And so my wife got pregnant with twins and she decided that she was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And so instead of getting a real job, I decided to start a second <laughs> company. And so for a while, I had the e-commerce business that I was trying to become profitable in. And I had the yeah. agency that was you know client funded so at least i had clients right. paying some bills and uh, we bootstrapped it and and that's kind of the impetus for starting the agency so i had no background in you know uh, business or or finance or any of the things that you're supposed to know how to do everything was learned on the job that's fantastic yeah i know that it's you know all a game of how much knowledge can you consume in a short enough period of time to be able to then maximize any kind of growth within your business. And so I want to talk about the things that you did to get on the Inc. 5000. It's a, that's a concrete thing. You know, we can discuss it's, it's objective. And so it's, it's, it's probably really entertaining for people listening to hear how um, you were able to do that. So from a tactical perspective, 
Like, do you, do you recall the main things you guys did or were you even conscious of it at all? Like did it just happened and you were just focusing on other things and you didn't really care or was the goal to grow during that period of time? Yeah, absolutely. The goal was to grow. Um, and it has been right for I'm really since inception today, I think my goals are a little different. Uh, growth is still one of our primary goals. Um, but we also, I'm trying to develop people in a more meaningful way. We're trying to develop more profitable work in a more meaningful way. So, you know, putting profits a little bit above growth, uh, yeah. time to time where in the past I would put growth above profits, uh, when those right. you know opportunities arose. So, you know, I've, I've certainly learned a lot, most of it through making lots and lots of mistakes, like most entrepreneurs, but right. you know, there's, there's some good learning. So some of the things we did to get to Inc 5,000 is, you know, first off I had, I, I certainly had an aggressive sales strategy during that time period, which was effective. And then the other thing we did is we were able to make an acquisition uh, and that helped us a lot. So we made a strategic acquisition we acquired, um, I say we, I, I'm the only owner. So uh, right. I made the decision to acquire a, uh, a brand and creative agency. And nice. we brought them in and they were, they were smaller than we were, they were struggling. And so that's how that opportunity came about. They, they just weren't getting the results that they wanted. Um, right. So I was able to, to acquire that agency and um, then cross sell into all of their accounts. And we cross sold digital marketing services into their accounts. And then we were able to sell branding services into a, a lot of our digital marketing accounts. So that was yeah. a really uh, cool experience. I learned a ton at the end of the day, after doing that for about three years, doing both branding and digital, we decided to refocus on digital marketing. And although we still do branding, um, it's not what I'm pushing anymore. Right. So we, mm. it was very project oriented work. So, I felt like that was a big learning experience for me is kind of the cultural mix of that agency and bringing their people in, how their culture worked, how our culture worked. And right. our culture is very about, very much about building and retaining MMR, right? We want monthly recurring yeah. revenue, period. That's what we want. <laughs> um, and their culture was not. It was more about the project and how to like get a project and successfully right. execute it which is great, it's its own discipline, but it wasn't the discipline I was interested in. So right. that was a really cool uh, and challenging learning experience. It, right. it did make for a lot of revenue, but it also created a lot of heartache at the same time. And then yeah. more recently, I was able to make a second acquisition and I acquired uh, actually one of my biggest competitors that I've been competing with for years, um, years and years and years, we were friendly competitors and I was on the, the you know, the digital marketing, DFW SEM, which is the, the Dallas Fort Worth Search Engine Marketing Association. I was on yeah. the board with their president for like three or four years. We were wow. friends, but we were frenemies, you know, we would, you know, we're all, <laughs> and we would take clients from each other all the time. And, right. um, you know, it's a long story that eventually there was an opportunity to acquire the agency that the gentleman that I was on the board with was not part of that acquisition. He didn't, he didn't move over. Um, but the, um, their other leadership people did and they've been awesome. Right. That's been a great move. And that agency, because we did the exact same thing and we had the exact same processes, that was just a bolt on of more revenue, more people and more success. So that's been a really, really successful, um, right. acquisition. And now that's, 
that was two years ago. Actually, that was that closed right before COVID. That closed in October of 09. So right. we only had a couple months until COVID hit. And then it was like, oh my God, now we've just pulled on all, we've got all these new people. We've got all this new process that we're trying to implement. We've got all these new clients we just sold and what are we gonna keep, right? So we ended up growing through COVID. I doubled in revenue uh, through the really? year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that okay. was- Okay, well, that's been, are you, are, you, are you open to sharing what your revenue number is right now? Yeah, so um, right now we, we generally are hovering around 3 million a year. So, yeah. you know, three, three and a half, something like that. Uh, this year is what I'm, I'm expecting to do. So, but that's like last year we did uh, just under that's three. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, congrats for being in the, you know, top 0.1% of all businesses. Cause I, I think the statistic is somewhere around one to 0.1% of businesses in the United States actually make it above like 3 million to 3 million in revenue. So, well, congrats. It's, it's a very, it's actually a pretty small percentage that ever crossed a million. And that was yeah. one of the hardest things to do. It took me, it took me almost five years to cross a million, right? It's hard. It's hard. So the million was a lot harder than getting to three. It was, it I was feel hard. like, yeah, it definitely is great in a lot of aspects. And I always just tell people, look, it's hard, but if you just keep your head down and get it, get to there, you're going to have evergreen knowledge that people will actually purchase from you forever because right. just to be able to get a business to a million dollars in revenue is like being in the top 5% of all companies. So you're gonna have 95% of people who will want to learn from you, right? So, right. and it's all the thing is the curve is not like evenly distributed. It's really clustered around like 120 to 100, $200,000 a year is most businesses. So That's right. if you're if you've crossed a million, you're you're like way out of the park compared to everyone else. So it's like such a important thing. It gives you so much more business knowledge. It's a very important moment for us when we finally cracked that number two, and it's helped us a lot in terms of strategy. But I want to come back to the acquisition thing because the fact that you've done, you said two different two. acquisitions two. Uh, is, is really tactical advice that I kind of want to dig into for people. I'm sure you have a ton to talk about there. Um, but I, I do want to segue really quick and ask you uh, one thing that's been on my mind recently, and it's what I've been talking to a lot of our following about is around product design for agencies. Mm -hmm. And the reason I've been harping on this so much, and I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this, is because when I started my agency, I never really thought about product design because it was a service and I just thought, oh, there's all these different models. I'm just gonna go implement one of these models and I'll grow. The problem with that is once you hit a certain size, you're just like everyone else and then there's nothing competitive about what you do, so you kind of plateau. So right. that's why I started building a software, that's why I started doing all these things around product and it's helped us grow now a lot faster. But I'm curious, like, if you had to think of what you do in like a product, and you think of all the different de-risking elements and all these things that make people want to buy and make them want to tell their friends about it. Uh, how would you describe your business's product, your agency's product? And if you want to think about this answer in a more objective way, what, is the, what are the elements of your service or business that creates the most virality for your company that, that gets most people talking about it? Is there anything specific you feel you guys do? Well, I actually think that's an interesting thing that you bring that up because I've for years have been in that boat where we're a service business. The client says, you know, we want you to jump. Okay, sure. How high? We want you to jump left, front, right, jump back. Well, I've never jumped back before, but I'll do it for you, sir. Whatever you yeah. say. Right. <laughs> and and God, that's uh that's a vicious cycle. And and frankly, I think that's one of the reasons that we're a little bit stuck in that three million range 
I am very happy that we grew through COVID. Uh, we had we had gotten a, we had gotten a little higher, um, you know, when we hit Inc. Five thousand. I think we had hit two and a half, and then we had some difficult times after that with the right. a little bit of the breakup of the first acquisition had had you know hurt our revenue numbers, and then we bumped back up to where we are now, which is higher than our previous high. So you know, it's it's been an interesting journey to say the least. But yeah. not every year, you know, can be a home run, which is unfortunate. <laughs> now that I'm yeah. doing doing this, I'm going on our 14th year. I have a lot of perspective that I, you know, I talk to other agency owners. They're like on their third year and they're like, yeah, I'm doing this. It's like, okay, man, great. <laughs> but 13 is 13. Thir you said, yeah, uh, this, this is my 14th going into 14. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. You made it. That's another milestone. Most businesses fail after like five years or something. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So we're doing a couple things right. A couple things right. So I have a little bit different perspective than I think a lot of entrepreneurs yeah. uh, do um, in this business. In this business, because most agencies certainly don't last that long. Yeah, but like from but the product perspective. Back, what yeah, back to the product question. That's a great question. So I feel like one of the reasons that we are a bit stuck um, at that three million revenue mark is we tend to say yes to the client. Um, whatever they want, whether it fits into our core model or not. And so that's one of our initiatives we're working on is really standardizing all of our processes and flows. So yeah. we we went through an exercise um, about a year ago where we documented every process in writing, um, right. so everything we did. And we had done that in partial before, but we did a more thorough job last year than we had done when I did this exercise, like let's say four years ago, I did the ex same exercise. But what I found is people didn't read it. So we, we, <laughs> we wrote it down. Yeah, that happened to me too. <laughs> we all celebrated and went out for beers and yeah, we did a great job writing all that down, but nobody read it. So now I'm visually laying it out. So now we're, right. we're redoing that visually with uh, essentially a matrices of both, you know, with one axis being time, the other axis being people and teams. So we know yeah. exactly where, who's working on what when, right? Um, yeah. And we're doing that for each one of our services or products, you could call them. Because essentially, right. once you get to that level, it's a product because it, you know, you, yeah. you sign a client, this is what's going to happen on day one, two, three, four. This is what's going to happen the first week, second week, third week, you know, et cetera. So, right. and that keeps the client feeling good because they know what to expect. They know what the agenda is for meeting one, meeting two, meeting three, meeting four. You know, we've got right. the first six meetings of the client. The agenda is written. We know what we're going to yeah. talk about, right? So yeah. there's not a lot of mystery there. And that makes it a consistent experience. And that that's what causes virality. So I think, um, I actually think this new, this is fairly new for us to have that level of detail um, yeah. in our process. And and I think that's going to allow us to to hit that next benchmark. What I've experienced in my journey is I hit these kind of uh, revenue cap points. So, mm -hmm. you know, early on, the first one was 600K. Okay. I hit yeah. 600K pretty quickly. Um, I, I don't, I certainly didn't do it the first year, but I think I may have done, you know, in that half million to 600 range in like year two or maybe three, right? I was pretty right. quick up there, but I couldn't get out of that for a long time. For a really long right. time, we were stuck at 600K. And then all of a sudden, we went, we were 600, and then we went to 1.5, like, boom, 
like that, right? I think yeah. that next year was actually 1.2 and then I went to 1.8. Mm. So it went 600, 1.2, 1.8 in a three-year period, but I had been at 600 for three or four years previously, <laughs> okay? I gotta so, ask you, yeah. yeah. So like, what did, what, how did, how long did it take you to go from 1.8 to where you're at now? Cause I actually am, that's where we're at right now. We're like plateaued on the agency side around 1.8. Yep. So. Yep. so not long to get to, not long, I think, but here's the deal. I've been essentially stuck at the, um, you know, at the two, you know, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, and three range. Like I'm pretty much, I've been there for a while now. Yeah. I, I, you know, so that's good. That's successful, but it's not where I want to be. And so, you know, for me, I think this next level, this next step jump for us is right. that really consistent process adherence. Yeah. And I mean, I think you're going to continue growing a ton from this point out because one of the largest companies I've interviewed, um, they do $54 million a year. He's been doing it for 20 years. Wow. Uh, and he's, uh, I think like he's, he started back in like the nineties or, or late nineties and stuff. Um, but he, uh, he, he, um, he, he said that 90% of his customers buy the exact same product, which is $3,750 a month. And they all pay for that and they get lead generation. They have the exact same contract, 12 month contract terms of the exact same guaranteed appointments. Like, that's the same thing for everyone. So that there's no variance in what they do. Right. Right. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. One of the things we're trying is uh, for the agency side, not the software. Um, I, uh, everyone comes in for lead gen. That's what they want from us. But we know that what's best for them is to do some form of SEO or like content. Cause that's going to also increase their sales and they'll stay around for longer too. So what we're doing is we're offering like a very low price product. It's like 150 bucks per month. Uh, for anybody that comes in for the lead gen side and then that keeps them around because then they basically are able to get some value. And then even if they want to turn on the lead gen side, they stay with the maintenance and then we just upsell them on the, the SEO side. Um, but that's kind of what I mean around product. Like most agencies don't think about how can I package something that might be cheaper, but really it's kind of like when you go to McDonald's and they, there's the dollar menu like that, the reason they have the dollar menu is because they know you're going to buy something else. Like it's not only for that. It's because right. you can buy other things, you know? So I think that's the the key. More agencies need to think like this, but um, I'm, you know, one of the last things I want to touch on here is what, for those acquisitions you were talking about, how much are you able to share on that? Cause that's a really uh, black box or I guess gray area for people in the agency world. Right. Um, I find that the agency market is is liquid but not as liquid as like a SaaS uh market i would say um so any insight you can share on on how those went if, if at all um, i can't share as much as i'd like to so, so a lot of that's confidential i can't share the yeah, yeah. Of those acquisitions but um i will say this you know i mentioned early the first one let me step back a couple of steps one every single product that you offer costs you more money let that mm -hmm. sink in for a second, cost you more money. So you, you know, at least myself, I always think, oh, if I sell more products, more variety, then right. I can sell more to, you know, I can get more wallet share out of one person. And there's some truth to that, but it's going to cost me more money. Right? right. And that could be money in terms of energy. That could be money in terms of manpower. That could be money in terms of another tool that I have to buy. 
whatever it is, it costs me more money to offer another, a new service. And so uh, that's one thing I become very, very cognizant of is how many services are am I offering? So that was the, the big kind of red flag that I didn't see when I bought the first agency, the creative agency, is they had a ton of services that I knew nothing about and they were all different from what I did, right? So, yeah. you know, we did website design, but that is not developing a brand or a logo or an identity or a messaging statement or, you know, a core va- a set of core values. It's right. certainly not developing a, a print brochure or a flyer, or a direct mail piece. Yeah. All those things were way new, like all new products, all new services for us. And so those became very expensive to offer all those new products. So I learned a lot about how to, you know, I, I did a great job building revenue, but I did a really great job losing profits at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it's very common. We did the same thing. It was because what happens, it's a seductive thing because you actually do increase your revenue, right? And you're like, oh, this is the way it needs to be. And then you have to start axing products down the road once you start stabilizing. That's what we did. Yep. Uh, we grew and then we're like, okay, hey, just keep adding as many things as possible, but it's definitely not the way to go. But if you can't comment on the actual deal itself, there are two things I think you probably can that are not related to the deal, which is um, uh, one, how would you, like at what point does it make sense to, or at what point do you think an agency can actually sell like based on their revenue? Like, is there Mm -hmm. a trigger point where um, you feel is the most optimal time to sell your agency? Because I think you can, you know, people always fire sell like their agencies all the time. But if you were to sell for like a profit and you're actually getting an ROI on your agency, uh, one, does it make sense to ever sell if you're in it for the long run? Because I know a lot of people say no. Uh, two, if you're going to, when's the most optimal time to do it? And I guess, I guess the third thing would be, um, is uh, how would you value at any agency? Like that is like, do you do? What do you have a multiple? You typically look at on on EBITDA, or how, how do you typically look at those three things? So. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're over a million in EBITDA, you can certainly sell. Um, you can have, you have a pretty good chance of, of selling and selling at a decent multiple. So, you know, I've been tracking, I track sales um, and I see, you know, the smaller agencies that are, have a million, and I say smaller because they include, you know, agencies like mine and bigger, but you know, that type right, of agent right. might sell at a three, three, three and a half, maybe, maybe better if it's strategic, um, multiple of their EBITDA. So, you know, that's, I mean, and that's cool, but you know, what you're really saying is you're taking three years of your EBITDA and you're getting it all at once. Yeah. So it makes it hard to justify a sale. I think, um, from, you know, if you think about that, uh, unless you just really want to be done and you're like, I'm done. Um, now some owners I've seen owners take on a sale where they have some, some other upside, some stock in the new company, the new entity. Um, those are kind of cool. And then I've seen some agencies and friends of mine do like a roll up and those can be really successful. Um, if you can roll up a bunch of agencies that maybe have, you know, 200,000 in EBITDA and you can get 10 of those together and you get to 2 million and then they have synergy and maybe you can get to three and then you can get a five X EBITDA or maybe better, right? Maybe even uh, six, seven, eight. Now we're talking, you know, now you're talking a 15, $20 million sale. 
that can be good. And then if all those owners that had the small agencies get yeah. a piece of that big sale, then everybody wins. I've seen, I've heard of those happening. And uh, so I see that as a really interesting strategy. I've contemplated it. I've never started that process, but that's right. certainly a strategy to, to, to think about. And you've never been, um, you've never been lured into the, into the SaaS model or the courses model at all. Cause I know that what typically happens for a lot of agencies is they, they're like, Oh, I got the service side. I'm going to get as fast as possible out of this and into like selling courses or some sort of a SaaS product. Have you ever tried it or gotten in that space uh, at all? Oh yeah. Well, I've never sell, done the selling courses model, but I've certainly done the let's build a product model. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, man. We're not talking about my products, are we? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah. Are, uh, well, do you do you have software right now? Is that you guys have your own software product? I have one thing that I think is super cool, and I've thought about selling it. Um, we've developed a internal management tool that I use to judge profitability on overall company performance and on a per client basis. So I have my own formulas that I wrote to uh, essentially assess of client's profitability, uh, uh, fairly attribute overhead to that client and then assess, you know, what is its overhead contribution and what is its profit? And is that a client worth keeping? So, uh, I have, I've, uh, and I also track client retention. And so I do client retention both by, uh, revenue and by number of clients. And then we, I have a, uh, I do a six months, Plot. So I do a lagging six month average of our retention and I plot that monthly. And so I'm able to see long-term trends helps to have like that, you know, years and years of data, but I can see long-term trends on how we're doing. And when our retention numbers start to decline, I know, I mean, it's like, I got a problem. I know what my problem is. I got to fix it. Huh. So that's, that's my, um, uh, what are the, it's the canary in the coal mine, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's my canary in the coal mine that allows me to manage the business better. And so I can yeah. look at that. I look at my retention numbers. I look at the profitability numbers, of course, but I look at the retention numbers and I can go, okay, guys, look, our retention's at this. We need to improve or we're in trouble. And the mm -hmm. team all knows you know, what, what they need to do to make that happen. That's really cool. Uh, we'll have to talk about that after because we actually have a an app portion of the software, kind of like the app store, and might be interesting to make, give people a link to use that. That's kind of cool. Um, but you know, I, I think as we as we wrap up here, um, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about you know what you guys do down in Dallas. I'm in Los Angeles, uh, and um, share how maybe agencies can work with you if you have partnerships or anything like that. Feel free to share now. We do. So yeah, we actually, um, we do a lot of work with other agencies, um, you know, particularly creative agencies. We've, we've ended up because we have the acquisition, we know how they work and they like to yeah. hire us to do their SEO and PPC. And so um, that's a really good one or PR agencies, but those are really good partnerships. I have some other digital marketing agencies that maybe they only do a certain niche of the service and they pull us in for certain things that we also right. partner with. Um, but you know, we're, I'd say we're really focused primarily on SEO. That's our lead service and then PPC. And then, you know, you've got to do content if you're going to do SEO. So we of course do lots of content yeah. and um, you know, a lot of clients don't have a great website. So we'll end up building a lot of good websites as well. So those are our four that we really try to stick to. Um, 
kind of keep it as narrow as I can. So SEO, right. PPC, content, and websites uh, are four services. And I'd say I lead with SEO. That's where um, 80, 90% of our revenue comes from is SEO. And yeah. that's our strongest retention numbers are always our SEO clients because they love our SEO. We are just awesome at it. And we do really well on the the larger clients, the more competitive keywords, people that really want to rank for difficult stuff. Um, we can kill it. Um, we've got a yeah. really awesome just killer SEO process. That's fantastic. Um, and I'll, I'll actually just, for anyone who's watching this, I'll actually just share my screen so you guys will put in the show notes as well. But here's the website, globerunner.com, really cool stuff. As 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 he mentioned, as Eric mentioned, uh, they were able to get to the Inc. 5000 in 2018, now doing about $3.5 million per year in revenue, focusing predominantly on SEO, works with a ton of agencies. So if anyone here is interested in working with the Inc. 5000 company and, and Eric, feel free to reach out to him. And what's the best place for them to find you on email, website, LinkedIn? Yeah, email. Uh, I'd say just email me directly, um, eric at globerunner.com. I'd, you know, definitely respond and, and love to hear from you. All right. Yeah. And Eric, at even a, somebody yeah. that's starting their agency, if they're interested in mentorship or advice, or whatever, I'm also, you know, for me, I'm, I'm beyond the point where I'm trying to compete with every single person out there. Right. It's a big yeah. enough fine. Let's work together. Let's make it a better place. I love that. That's a great note to end on. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for being on the show. And uh, I appreciate you and for everybody listening. This concludes another episode of uh, How to Scale an Agency.